Welcome to Leadership Reimagined. I'm Dr. Jane Lovis, your host. During each episode of Leadership Reimagined, we take a look at leadership from the vantage point of what it's going to take for leaders to lead their organizations forward into a new future. And in this episode, we're creating that new future. Today, I'd like to welcome Betsy Kaufman. Betsy is the CEO and lead coach at Cross Impact Coaching. Cross Impact Coaching is a team of organizational design consultants passionate about working with organizations and leaders who are serious about creating high-performing next-gen organizations. Their focus has evolved over the past seven years when they realized their purpose needed to be centered around working with leaders and teams who want to be intentional about working on their organization instead of always in it while making impactful change happen. Cross Impact's coaching mission is to help create workplaces where people wake up each morning feeling motivated and inspired by their work so they end their days feeling fulfilled and valued. Betsy is a leadership and organizational agility coach, creating high-performing leaders, teams, and organizations through one-to-one -one leadership coaching, team development workshops, and organizational transformation. With a focus on working with organizations to help them to solve the big problems, impeding them from achieving agility, collaboration, alignment, and innovation. So welcome, Betsy. Thanks, Jane. Thanks for having me. That's quite a long introduction. I'm like, yes, we do do all of that. Absolutely. You know, I was going to cut it down and it was like, oh, it's just, there's so much good stuff Thank in you. there. Thank and you. I especially love that you're, you're talking about organizational design and agility because those are such intentional words. Right, right. Well, you know, it's funny because my background is an, is an agile, as an agile coach. And, um, you know, as I was getting into that, that space and that work, I found more and more that leaders were pulling me in saying, hey, can you help us at a different level, right? We know the teams are wanting to be agile. We want to do agile, you know, software development, but we really need to actually think organizationally, how do we bring this agility to, you know, across all of us as leaders, as teams, as teams of teams. And so, um, you know, it's not just about like putting, you know, boxes on a, on a page and moving them around and trying to redesign your organizations, but how do you get very, very focused on your people and your processes and your systems and bring that agile lean thinking in order to, to be able to be nimble and quick and, and innovative and all the things that we really need to be these days to, to continue to stay successful in our workplaces. Right. And I just, I want to, I want to bring up for some people who get really scared about agile is it doesn't mean you're changing what you do every single day. Right. <laughs> Cause right. I, I, I was having a conversation with somebody about that. Like I, it, it feels like we don't have any focus. Yeah. That's no. not agile. <laughs> That's not agile. Actually. 
quickly, it, when it's done well, you have more focus and more direction and even more planning in place because you're, you're being intentional and you've got the, that, that type of mindset to say, okay, how do we make good decisions and respond to them quickly, but it's not chaotic and it's not sporadic. Um, and I think that's where it gets that bad name, right? Is mm-hmm. it's like, oh, it's the wild, wild west and we can't run this way. Well, actually it's not, it shouldn't be. And if it feels that way, talk, call me, we can help you. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. That's, that's not what the intention is. Exactly. Exactly. It's more about being responsive, right? Than it mm-hmm. is anything else. And it's, you know, it's funny because Agile is, has come in, in this whole world of started off like formally back in 2001 in the software development space. And it's really grown into a phenomenal, you know, field and people work in it quite a bit. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of got the slant from a technology perspective, but we're seeing it across organizations. Mm-hmm. However, we're also seeing that folks are capitalizing on that as with any type of, you know, big new thing and what's happening. And so there's what I call big A agile, which is really about, there's lots of different practices and processes out there that have been formalized and are being sold and marketed. And then there's little A agile or agility. And that's what we focus on. We want to focus on the agility side of it and how to really be nimble and quick and responsive and not necessarily it has to be one process or one framework or way of doing it. Because I think, you know, from from my perspective, you have to be pragmatic and realistic Mm -hmm. because not what, you know, not every organization is extremely different. And so there's not one size fits all. Like we're going to just put this on top of you as an organization and you have to follow it to the, you know, here, this framework go, because it's not going to work that way. So we, we are a little a agile, little a agility in, in everything that we do and in our thinking and the way that we approach all of our work. Oh, that, that's really great to hear because that's where that intentionality comes in mm-hmm. because you have to start with the organization and the people in the organization. Yes. Yes. They will make or break anything, right? I mean, if the people are not bought into what you're trying to do or what you're trying to accomplish and, and, you know, from any transformation or just from a way of trying to change how we, how we operate, um, it's never going to work. And so if you don't start with the people and actually keep that centered and you're too busy trying to change processes and systems around the people, you're not going to have a success that you're looking for. And, and people have to be the center. It's funny because I love working with like that middle management level, like those mid-level leaders that are sitting in there because they really are, I feel a part of the crux of what's going to make or break any type of large scale change or even small, small change. Cause they are the ones that have the kind of the power as to how, where do we go with, with, with this type of work? So um, yeah, it's, it's all about the people and the culture, right? And that's mm-hmm. part of it. They go hand in hand very, very closely. Yes. And as we're seeing with everything that's going on in the world today, mm-hmm. you really don't have a successful company if you don't have engaged employees. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's funny because the whole great resignation thing, right? Mm-hmm. This thing has just been out there and it's been going on. I think it really hit its stride at the beginning of this year, January, but I actually think it's the great reevaluation. I heard somebody coin it that, that way a few months mm-hmm. ago. And honestly, I think that's right because as we've all been sitting at home for two, uh, for two years, two hours, I wish two years, <laughs> we've been really, you know, taking stock in our life and in our work and our balance. And, you know, how do we, how do we have a better balance of that. And if they're not achieving that at work, that's when they're reevaluating. What are my priorities? 
where do I really want to spend my time and my energy and am I valued for the work? And if I'm putting in 12 hours a day, are you valuing me for what I am and what I do? And if not, I'm going to leave. And we're seeing this crazy shift happening and people are, are moving around. Um, you know, and so I think employers are also trying to figure out companies, like how do we keep our folks here that are really valuable to us? It's just, it's an interesting time right now. I'm kind of, I love it. I'm fascinated by it. Um, you know, cause I really do think that not only individually are we all reevaluating, re I do think organizations need to evaluate, are we a great place to work? Are we providing what employees are looking for? Um, and how do we get better at actually servicing our employees and as well as our products and our customers, you know, you can't forget that, but it's, it's gotta be the whole thing. It can't just be like one or the other, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's gotta be everyone and everything included in that, because like you say, you know, you can have a great product. Yeah. If, if you don't have really engaged and enrolled salespeople, mm -hmm. who's going to know about your product? Who's going to exactly. buy it? If you yeah. don't have a, a marketing team filled with people that are really inspired by what it is that you're doing, who's going to market it? Right. If your developers, whoever they are, whether it's software or product or, or whatever, if they're not there to do the work, you don't have a company. And then you've got the support people around all of that. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. if you don't have finance and people don't get paid, they don't come to work very long. <laughs> It's all interrelated, right? And they all have to believe in the mission of what we're trying to accomplish as organizations. And if they don't, they're going to leave and go find something else. Yeah. And I truly believe that most people really want to be engaged in the work that they're doing. I do too. Yeah, I do. I think I believe that firmly. And, you know, when, when they are engaged, you're going to see much higher, you know, obviously they'll still stay because they love the work and they love the people that they're working with, as well as the, it creates innovation. So when you can have that level of engagement and you allow folks to think and be creative, you'll be very surprised what type of innovation will come out of, out of the work that they do. Um, and the autonomy, right? So mm -hmm. I mean, again, it's the big shift that we're seeing, but folks want to be autonomous. They want to be innovative. They want to be creative. They want to maintain a better life work balance. And so if we can start to create that type of environment, you're going to see, you know, your company is going to continue to be successful, if not even 10 times more than it is currently today. Because they're willing to put in to it. Yes. I will give you my eight hours or my 10 hours. I will give you, if I have to work a weekend because we're solving a big problem or something has happened, they'll do it. They're not going to do that probably every single day or every single week, but they're going to do it when they believe in what they're doing. They will absolutely put that time and effort in because they want, they want the company to be successful. Right? Exactly. Yes. You're like, great. I'll put in my time. I'll get my paycheck and I'll go home and that's good enough. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I don't want to do that every day. I don't want to no. have that mindset every day. <laughs> that's like being one step up from being a robot. Exactly. Which is a whole nother topic, right? Right. <laughs> so, right. The whole AI robotics. <laughs> yeah. Stuff. We can, we can go over there and do that another time. And it brings up that topic of balance. And mm -hmm. I was sharing with a client a couple of weeks ago, because she was talking about creating balance. And I said, you want to remember, think of the seesaw when you were a kid, mm -hmm. the goal was not really to get balance because right. balance is really boring after a while. <laughs> exactly. So, and that's where that, okay, I need to work more this week comes yeah. in. Okay. I'll put forth that. And then now I need, my family needs time. Right. 
Exactly. Exactly. So you, so things balance out in the long run, but not necessarily today. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it definitely is an ebb, of, ebb and flow, but I yeah. think it also goes back to that intention because I don't know about you. I know you work with a lot of female leaders um, and so do I. And I've had numerous conversations recently with, with several VPs and senior VPs and directors. And they're like, I have no time to think. I yes. wake up, I'm on at 7.30 a.m. I go to 6.30 p.m. They can text me. They can reach me at any time. And I can't even, I don't have time to grab lunch. I don't have time to uh, have a bio break. I know that sounds crazy. You know, I, I just don't have time to even think or really strategize. And so I think, you know, as leaders, we have to, you have to take control of your time and your schedule and your day. And I think to your point, it is, there are times that you're just going to have crazy days like that, but you are in control of that. And you need to start to put in the measures to be in control of that. I was, I was coaching one of my directors and I said, you know, if you have an assistant, you've got to have some non-negotiable time. Hey, at 12 o'clock from 12 to one, do not book me unless it's absolutely like critical, something is on fire, but I'm going to take that time to go for a walk, to, you know, catch up, to think, to do whatever. And I think we have to be intentional about, about our time and our days and how we let them run. I'm not saying that you can take off every single day and only work mornings or afternoons, especially if you work for a company, right? Right. You can put blocks in your schedule to say, this is learning and development for me, right? Because if not, you're going to burn out and you're going to, you're going to wake up and it's going to feel like you're on a wheel, like you're the hamster on a wheel. (laughs) Exactly. And then what happens? Mistakes happen because you haven't had time to plan it, to think about it. You get burned out. You're not productive. Your productivity goes down. I do some of that blocking, time blocking, Mm -hmm. and I don't take calls during that time. Absolutely. I have an accountability partner that I declare what I'm going to do at the beginning and then share what I did. It's amazing what gets accomplished. And as even as CEOs and leaders like you say, if you've got, you've got an assistant, you tell them, this is what I'm doing. And this is what yeah. I'm, yeah. And it's actually pro- very likely going to improve their life too. Your it assistant. Will. Well, it's interesting because when you can take that time to step away and either work on something that is, you know, not getting bombarded by different people coming at you, or you can go outside, you know, your creativity will flow like flow mm-hmm. 10 times more than it did than just sitting here doing work. And I don't know about you, but when I used to have to go into working with clients, right. I used to have a good, a good downtime or, or I was flying or I was traveling. So I, I actually had built in downtime, whether it was windshield or it was oh, you know, in the air. Right. But now we don't because we get up, we can roll right downstairs into our office. We do work all day. We roll back out and, you know, and so we have to now intentionally create that time if we're not going to the office and we don't have those, those breaks that were created because we had to go into a workspace. Right. So how do you, I have one that's created for me twice a day because I walk the dog, but I do, I protect that time because yes. I don't, well, I'm going to get, you know, pawing at the door and I'm going right. to cry and whining, but it's also for me, like it gives me that chance to say, I need the walk. Too. Exactly. <laughs> My day starts much better when we start it with that walk. I absolutely agree. What I'm hearing a real theme through all of this is intentionality actually means that you have to know what you're creating. Mm-hmm. You have to have the vision. You have to have, you know, the, the 
the projects, the milestones, whatever it is that you're working towards so that you can intentionally move towards that and create it. Yes, absolutely. You've got to create a vision, whether it be a vision for your life, but how do you want to have that balance, right? How do you mm-hmm. create that? You know, what are you trying to achieve within your organization? What are you trying to achieve within your team? And so when you have that vision and you can sit down and say, okay, this is where we want to go, that will allow you to say, okay, now how do we intentionally get there? As opposed to like, we're just going to kind of let it happen willy nilly, or it's going to go right, or it's going to go left. And then we, we, you know, we spend six months, let's say working on a transformation, like this is not at all what we had in mind, or you don't even make the progress that you're hoping for. So there is that need for the intention to say, okay, this is where we're going. This is where I want to go or we want to go. Now, now let's, let's figure out the plan to do it and let's keep it protected and allow it to continue to happen and be very prescriptive in whatever you put in place to make it come to fruition. So many people look at that as wasted time. I don't have time to plan. I don't have time to do this. You don't have time not to do that. Right. Yeah. I have a great example. So I was working with an organization on a pretty large scale transformation and we're trying to transform um, their project delivery side of it. And the leaders just would not take the time to sit down and say, how do we put the right structure in place in order for this to be successful, right? We've got to have, we need dedicated people that can focus on the transformation itself. And then we need folks outside of it that we can bounce ideas off of. And we were never able to to really get a good traction because they would never take the time to say, okay, these are the folks that we want to to dedicate and focus. And we're going to clear their plate (laughs) and allow them to do that focus. Right. So then it was, it was a side project. And we all, at the end of the day, we ended up working on like, you know, everybody had like 10 side projects. Well, you know, that's not going to work out well. Because you're, you've only got, again, so much time in a day, so much capacity. And so it is about being intentional and it is about saying, okay, here's our top five priorities. Here are the people that we're going to focus and dedicate on those. Now, now give them the space they need to do the work. But again, giving them focus and priority is, is extremely important. And taking the time, right? To Ex- say, okay, exactly. It's important to us, right? It's yeah. so important. Yeah. It can't be oh, well, you've got this 40 hour a week job that's really probably close to 50 hours a week. And we want you to to do this that's another 10 hours a week. Right. I was talking with a a client who is working part-time for a company Mm -hmm. and they Mm -hmm. gave her X number of hours, eight to 10 hours a week to manage this project, which is about enough time to run the meetings that she needs. She's yeah. like, we're, we're talking and she's, I've got a plan for the meetings. I've got to do the follow-up for the meetings. Right, right. Yeah. You know, an hour meeting takes, depending on the structure, takes Absolutely. two to three, you know, two to three hours for that one hour meeting. If you've got really good structures and people are really engaged and follow, yeah. you can probably do 30 minutes before, 30 minutes after and be on top of it. If this is something new that you're trying to do, you're, you're chasing people down. You're doing- <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny. Cause I, I, I have clients like that and I have work like that, but I built that in. So I've yeah. learned this is, this is learning over time. Like, okay, if you've only got enough for 10 hours a week for me, or that's all you think you need of me, then we'll spend five of it doing actually client facing conversation. And the other five will be prep. And, and follow up and yeah. everything of that nature. Because I think it's, it's again, it's those boundaries because as yeah. you start to realize like, Hey, here's what I'm going to be able to deliver in this 
bucket, this container. Yes. Um, yeah. And that's it. And, you know, if they keep piling things on you, okay, well, either you increase the amount of time I spend with you on this, or you, you know, you scale it back and we only do this one thing and that's it. And, and it's just, it's, it's setting those boundaries, but also having very clear conversations to say, mm-hmm. okay, this is what we can accomplish in this time frame. And I think that's, I mean, that's a critical, critical piece of anything, whether you work for yourself, whether you work for a company, it's, you know, it's okay to push back mm-hmm. and say, okay, I can only do this, you know, I can do this much and I'm going to do a, at a hundred percent or 110%. I'll give you. However, you know, I'm also human and there's only so much I can do. It's an expectation setting thing, right? And being really, and and a challenge is, and this is oftentimes for women, but it's everyone is being confident enough to say, I know this is what I know I can do and to deliver the quality that I want. And I know you want, this is what it's going to look like. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I, I, I do see that quite a bit. And I always wonder why women struggle with that. And I don't know if it's because, you know, historically we just take everything on. That's just kind of been our role or, you know, we just, uh, we don't have the confidence to push back. Um, It's one of the things that I love to work with when I work with female leaders on Mm -hmm. how to find that courage and that confidence to speak up and say, okay, this is what we can do. Here's, you know, here are my boundaries. Here's what I can give you. And not being afraid of the repercussions because you don't create those. Somebody else will create them for you, right? I mean, you know that. I know that. Somebody's going to create those your, your boundaries for you, and then you're going to wake up and be like, "I am not. This is not enjoyable." Uh, it, yeah. How yeah. come I'm working seventy hours a week? I have no time for my family. I have no time for fun. I don't even know what fun is anymore. Yeah, I have no hobbies. I have no. <laughs> I have no life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Boundaries are critical. And I think, you know, personally and professionally, right. So what is it that you want to put up? Again, it's that intention going back to that same thing. There, yes. You know, that's you intentionally create the life personally and professionally. And it's, it's just really critical to be able to have that and have the courage to hold the boundaries. I, you know, I'm guilty as well, you know, Oh, we only want 10 hours, but then I end up giving them like 20 or 30 and, you know, it just, I don't push back and I don't charge more and, and that type of thing. And so it's, it really is about holding the line and saying, okay, this is what we contracted for. This is what you're going to get, um, you know, and, and it, it, it gets better as you get, I guess, more confident in who you are. Um, but it's, it's about practicing it over and over and over again and not being afraid to say it out loud and, and just, you know, holding that line. I love that. It's about practicing it over and over because it, it really is. And some of those conversations that you have to have with employees or clients, or they never get any easier. Just keep stepping into them because it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing for the for them, mm-hmm. and it's the right thing for you. It is, yeah. The practice, I mean, practice does makes perfect. And the, the more that you can talk about these types of things, or you can actually, you know, put yourself in different situations and scenarios that you're going to gain the practice, it's going to be really helpful, right? Mm-hmm. So you kind of don't like avoid conflict or avoid having those tough conversations, right. It's going to make it much harder. So, I mean, I actually welcome them because it allows me to learn, like, how do I navigate this? How do I say, like, how do I work through this? And that's why I love working with all different types of leaders and organizations is because I get exposed to many different personalities, many different ways of working. And, you know, it gives me the experience to continue to go in and navigate and get to know how to like deal with this type of personality or this group of people yeah, that might, yeah. you know, that may not be working well together. Um, but you know, that type of experience is, 
you can't put a price tag on that. So, <laughs> and you wouldn't want to. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, you guys are really challenging. I'm going to charge you more. <laughs> charge based on rates of like you know um, ease of ease of working with each other. Great thing about it, like you say, intentionally putting you in yourself in those situations is it continues to increase your confidence. It does. It does. Because it's like, yeah. oh, I did that one. What else can I do? Right, right. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny. I have a young woman that that she knows she avoids conflict. So when she's she's fearful that she's going to get into a conversation that's going to potentially not go in the direction that she wants it to, she'll not show up for the call. She'll not show up for the meeting. That's a detriment, obviously, to her for multiple reasons, right? Mm-hmm. One being like, that's probably not okay in the organization. Right. <laughs> Right. So first thing we know that's not okay. But second, you're also, you know, you're, you've got to start to face those areas that you know, you have opportunities for improvement, because you'll never get better at them. But obviously knowing first, okay, I know that I don't like conflict and I avoid conflict. That's the first step, right? Being aware of that. But then you have to work to overcome. How do I handle this? How do I start to have these conversations and how do I deal with it head on? Because if not, it'll never change. And mm-hmm. it's going to continue to be a problem as you, as you grow in your career. Um, right. And also your personal life, right? We have conflict. Oh, right. <laughs> so, yeah. If, yeah. If, if we avoid conflict, we avoid conflict in all areas of, you know, yes. nothing yeah. is ever that segmented. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So, and then I think it actually just stays more in you. Yeah. And so you're thinking through it, but you won't actually like verbalize it. And I don't know about you, but when I can, when I can face it head on and get it out there and we work through it, it's like, okay, then it's done. It no longer, you know, the mind yep. goes on to something else and I can move forward. So, you know, that's the co- conflict is such a big thing and being able to handle that and work with it. I think is really critical as well. If you can find somebody and start with somebody that's safe, that you feel mm-hmm. comfortable and, and admit to them that you avoid conflict. So, so now you're, oh, now you're sharing that avoidance and then asking them to be a partner. And the next time you're in a meeting and you're like, I'm not going to say this, they can look at you and go nod their head and say something, right? Something to, to support, to, you know, that you're not in this alone. Cause that's another thing that so often we feel like is that we're in this, in any situ uncomfortable situation by ourselves. And the only reason we're in it by ourselves is because we keep it all to ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. I think, you know, you mentioned you have an accountability partner when you block time. Um, I think it's critical when you're working through some of your, your areas that you want to improve to have that same accountability partner, right? Mm-hmm. Find somebody that you said that you trust yep. and really lean into them to say, okay, I'm getting ready to go into a really tough conversation. Come talk to me. Can we role play it? Can we just work through it? Can I just like put it out there and say what's going on? You know, anybody that, you know, and that is really critical because that's going to continue to help you be successful. Um, you know, and it goes, it goes both ways. If you can be the same partner, both ways, that's great. If not, if you may just have one and they have somebody else, that's probably okay too, but it mm-hmm. is super important to have folks that you can, you can lean on for that. And that almost becomes like a, a mentoring situation, an informal mentoring situation, because you're going to grow in that situation. So yeah. if you're even in a, in an organization that doesn't have a formal mentoring program. Right. Because mm-hmm. a lot of organizations don't. They don't. No, especially the smaller ones don't, right? Yeah. You, it's just not top of mind. That you find somebody in that organization that you can 
be accountability partners for, share the challenges, build a trusting relationship, and your career is going to grow. Yeah. And you know, it's funny that I've also found that if you find somebody outside of your organization, it's nice because they can be impartial to mm-hmm. the landscape and the people, right? So it's, to, you know, try, you know, in internal, actually finding one of each may even be beneficial, right? Because then you can say, okay, I'm going to go to my external mentor, confidant, accountability person who doesn't know all these players. Right. And they'll probably hopefully feed it straight up back to me to say, no, I think you're in the wrong, right? Because sometimes we we find alliance in people internally, and they may have the same mindset of like this leader who are trying to work through or whatever. Right. Um, I love that other perspective. It's like, okay, help me here. Am I going to handle this well, or am I not right? And if they aren't as tied to the situation, I think you'd be, you know, it'll actually bring me, it'll be a mirror back at you. This is what I'm hearing and seeing. And there's so many great mentoring programs out there that are, you know, that are, there's women mentoring programs. There's like small business mentoring programs. Like, I think it's just finding the, having the intention to find that and to really look for it and find that pairing for sure. Mm-hmm. If you can believe it, our time is up. Are you time? <laughs> Wow. That was quick. That's awesome. Wonderful. Yeah. I love conversations like, oh, that was just like 10 minutes, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) So many topics, so many things that we could just like unpack and just go down those rabbit holes. And I love the thread of intentionality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, What Betsy, what would you like to share with our listeners for one last piece of advice, suggestion, thought, what would you like to leave them with? Yeah, you know, we are in a really interesting time right now. And I think I know that companies are looking for people that are courageous, comfortable. They've got the confidence to speak up and to show up. And so I really would just leave with folks to start to think about how to be change agents, how to bring your courage, how to bring your voice. Um, be intentional about who you are, where you want to go personally and professionally. And, you know, it's just such a great time. And I really do think that employers are looking for that and you'll continue to be successful in everything that you do. Oh, that's great advice. Thank you, Betsy. Thank you. Thank you for joining us this week on Leadership Reimagine. I encourage you to take something that you heard today and apply it in your business. The key to progress is action and sharing. I'd love to hear what you accomplish. Email me at jlovis at lovisconsulting.com and let me know. Speaking of applying it in your business, if you're struggling or looking to expand your leadership skills, let's talk. You can go to lovisconsulting.com. That's L-O-V as in Victor, A-S, consulting.com and schedule a quick call with me. We need powerful, strong, compassionate leaders to solve the challenges we are facing today. Please subscribe on your favorite platform and share with your friends and family. Thank you for supporting us as we cause and expand 1 million women leaders in tech by 2030. Have a great week and I look forward to seeing you next week.